continue this series of messages on, uh, that we've entitled The Encounters with Jesus. We're looking at this person, Christ, uh, who is obviously at the heart of our Christian faith, asking questions like, who, who is this guy? You know, what did he value? What did he teach? Uh, how did he treat people? Uh, what was really at the core of his ministry and who he was? Uh, it's a big job, but we're trying to do it. Today we come to a passage of scripture that's very short, just three verses, but I think very powerful. So I hope uh, you find it as powerful too. So let me, let me read the scripture to you, and then we'll jump right in. So Jesus is teaching his disciples and also uh, the crowd around them. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Lord, we pray that you would take uh, these words of yours and also take the meditations of my heart. And in the mystery of the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would let these words penetrate into our hearts and our minds. Not just be information, but Lord, use them to transform us, to help us to find the life of which Jesus speaks in this passage. So speak to us, we pray. In the power of Jesus Christ, amen. And I'm sure many of you know David Brooks, uh, who is a columnist for the New York Times, also a pundit, uh, an author. Uh, I have read his column for years and really enjoy what he has to say. I find it off, often comforting and also very challenging. Um, it's kind of interesting when you read someone's body of work, a good part of their body of work. I've read his columns, a couple of his books. For many years, you feel like you get to know the person. And that is what I've experienced with Brooks. It's been interesting for me to watch him over many years now and to see him grow and to also see him uh, really be on a spiritual quest. Uh, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with him someday. But he obviously is a great columnist, has raised some good questions, given great advice, insight over the years. But I think perhaps one of the best columns I ever read of his was one from a few years ago entitled The Moral Bucket List. He then went on and kind of uh, continued that with the book. As I studied for this sermon this week, that column came back to mind, and I feel like it fits what we're going to talk about uh, from this passage so well. He begins the column in this way. He says, and listen to this because it's really good. <laughs> he said, about once a month, I run across a person who radiates an inner light. These people can be in any walk of life. They seem deeply good. They listen well. They make, you feel, they make you feel funny and valued. You often catch them looking after 
other people, and as they do so, their life is musical, and their manner is infused with gratitude. They are not thinking about what wonderful work they are doing. They are not thinking about themselves at all. Have you ever met people like this? I have. And so this resonated with me. Now, Brooks then becomes somewhat vulnerable, especially when you're writing for millions of people. (laughs) He confesses that he is not this type of person. He has not developed that generosity of spirit, that magnanimity, or depth of character to which he refers. But he also confesses he would like to. He then makes a very interesting observation about virtues and life. This alone makes the column worth reading, and you can go online and find it. Just look up the title. This is something to take away with you this morning. He says this. He said, it occurred to me that there were two sets of virtues, the resume virtues and the eulogy virtues. The resume virtues are the skills you bring to the marketplace. The eulogy virtues are the ones that are talked about at your funeral, or if you live in California, your memorial service. Whether you were kind, brave, honest, or faithful, were you capable of deep love? We all know that the eulogy virtues, he writes, are more important than the resume ones. But our culture and educational system spend more time teaching the skills and strategies you need for career success than the qualities you need to radiate that sort of inner light, the generous spirit. In our scripture this morning, Jesus makes some very profound and very strong statements about life. He talks about resume virtues, believe it or not, and eulogy virtues. And he gets right to the heart of what makes life full and about the eulogy virtues, the soul that Brooks writes about. He gives us some really strong warnings, and he gives us some great promises. My message this morning is is very simple. I want to look at the warnings, and I want to explore the promises. So let's take the warnings first. Jesus says this, those who try to save their life will lose it. Those who try to save their life will lose it. Man, some of Jesus' most powerful truths are paradoxes. Have you ever noticed that? You read one of something that he says, you kind of scratch your head, it doesn't quite fit. Well, explore it, go deeper. <laughs> And ponder, because there's usually a kernel of truth that is just really powerful, and such is the case here. Those who try to save their life will lose it. Now, I think it's a paradox, especially for us, because it goes so against the grain of our culture. Wouldn't you agree? 
Our culture says this. If you want life, if you really want to live life, achieve and accumulate as much as you possibly can and then hold on to everything that you've accumulated and achieved and hold on to it tightly. This paradox of Jesus, what he's saying is it doesn't make sense in a world that has really as its philosophy more, more, more. More achievement, more success, more prestige, more power, more material things, more money. You, you could just keep going. But Jesus says, those who give their life, that's important to realize, to know, those who give their life to this philosophy will end up losing it. Now, it may not make sense to us, but boy, it's the truth. If you live life just, just focused on your needs and yourself and getting more and more, you may end up getting all of that stuff and find that your life is empty. This is what Jesus reaffirms when he gives sort of this very chilling warning at the end of the passage. He warns, you know what? You can gain the whole world. You can gain the whole world and forfeit your life. Or as another translation puts it, and I like it, what good will it be for you to gain the whole world and to lose your soul in the process. Now, I, I just need to make a note here. Um, we all give our lives to something. I think Jesus is just assuming that in this passage. And what he's saying is be careful what you give your life to. He's not saying that there is something inherently wrong about achievement or wealth or success or even material things. The Bible never says that. But what it does says is be careful. Because those things can steal your life like nothing else. So be careful. And don't give your life, don't make it the focus of your life to pursue those things and think about the end goal. That's the warning. Watch what you give your life to. You have one life. Watch what you give it to. For you can give your life to something and be very successful. And you know what? Miss the whole boat. In other words, you can build a great resume. Be really successful. Achieve all your dreams. And maybe even give the appearance of having life all together and yet be living a life that's not really worth living. You gain the whole world. But you're not paying attention to the eulogy virtues or what Jesus refers to as the soul, that interior part of who you are, your relationships, your character, your spiritual, your moral life. And you may wake up someday and realize that you were very successful in climbing the ladder. 
but unfortunately it was the wrong ladder. You've probably read recently there's a, a spate of articles all over the media about baby boomers, of which, which I am one, and what this pandemic is, what kind of effect it's had on them. And many of the articles are saying, you know, the baby boomers are looking at the second half of life. They're looking at this pandemic, reevaluating their lives, and realizing they don't want to jump back into what they were doing before. And many are taking early retirement. People who thought they would work for many, many years are taking retirement. And these people, in some of these articles, have said this, what I just talked about. They've made all the money. They got all the stuff. But they're finding it empty. And they're finding themselves bored. And they want now to give back, to make a difference, to do something significant. Their lives were comfortable, safe, secure, but they were bored. It's a difficult day when you realize that you gave great energy and lots of years of your life to something and then come to the conclusion that it was not worthy of your life. Thought you would gain life, but you end up losing it. See why I said it's such a chilling warning? It is. It's chilling. So that's the warning. But the good news in this passage, there's always good news, is that Jesus also gives us a great promise. He says, And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. In other words, what Jesus is saying here is, if you want to find life, if you really want to live life, then what? Another paradox. Give your life away. Gaining by giving. Saving by losing. Jesus is talking about a life in which one intentionally denies themselves and serves others even when it's tough, even when it requires great sacrifice, he is talking about the way of the cross, of sacrificial giving and love. He's describing a full life, not always an easy life, but an abundant life. One commentator put it very well. This is William Barclay. He said, God gave us life to spend and not to keep. If we live carefully, always thinking first of our own profit, ease, comfort, security, if our sole aim is to make life as long and as trouble-free as possible, if we will make no effort except for ourselves, we are losing life all the time. But if we spend life for others and do something for Jesus and for the people for whom Jesus died, we are winning life all the time. The very essence of life is in risking life and spending life, not in saving it and hoarding it. True, it is the way of weariness, of exhaustion, of giving to the uttermost, but it is way better to burn out than to rust out, for that is the way to happiness and the way to God. You know, we find life. We develop our character, our soul, 
our eulogy virtues by giving our life to God and others. Let me close with this. You know, I've, I've been in ministry almost 40 years. And in many ways, helping find people find life is kind of what I do. Because I believe so strongly that the Christian life, Christianity is about life. It's about a life to be lived right here. Not just a fire insurance. It's life right here. And living it abundantly. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundant. And so I see that as a big part of my job. is trying to help myself find life and helping others along the way. And over the span of those 40 years, I, I figured it out one time, I think I've officiated probably over 200 memorial services or funerals. I've officiated these services for people from all, all walks of life. Rich people, poor people, people who were very successful and some who were among the very best in the world, in their field. People who own multiple homes in beautiful locations and also people who were just always a step away from homelessness. People who were educated and people who are not so educated. I've led services when just a handful of people were present, maybe two or three, and others when the sanctuary was, was packed with hundreds of people. And you know what has been one of the surprises of my career, surprises, is that I enjoy the whole process of being with someone if that is the case, to help them move on to the next life. I've enjoyed the process of meeting with families and talking about their loved one and help them to mourn and to grieve and also to really, for them, to really grapple with what life and death is all about. You know, I think one of the the aspects of being involved in this journey and truly one of the great privileges of of ministry is to be in people and with people in these searching moments when they really pay attention. You know, they're not paying attention at weddings. <laughs> but they do at funerals and memorials. How can you not? I love to meet with the grieving families around a table and say, you know what? Tell me about your dad. Tell me about your mom. Tell me about your brother or your daughter or your son. I love to hear the comments, to hear the stories. It's also interesting always to sit in the service and to hear the eulogies. Or if you're in one of the services where people just get up and share, you have a mic you pass around. Oh, so interesting. To hear about people's lives, what they've given their lives to, the adventures they've had, the relationships. Uh, people don't usually talk about the resume virtues. They don't say a lot about work, 
or really what's been surprising, they often don't say a lot about accomplishments. They talk about the eulogy virtues. They share about what they learned from that person, how they influenced their life, how that person touched their life in some way. They share about the person's character. They talk about how that person stood with them during a really rough time in life. They talk about what kind of father or mother or friend they were. They talk about who that person was as a person, how they loved, how they touched their life. They share stories about the time, you know, dad helped me build a tree fort or taught me how to fish or how to drive. Really interesting to me, the things they share, they're the really simple everyday things of life. And I've come to realize that You know, the ordinary people, like all of us, are really the extraordinary people. (laughs) Ordinary people who live extraordinary lives. And here's the one thing, after walking with so many families and sitting in so many eulogies or services and hearing eulogies and people share about people who have died, I have noticed, and see, this is what's so great about being in this process, in these services, is you learn about yourself. How can you not sit in a service or listen to stories about a loved one and not reflect upon your own life? And is what I'm doing really what I want to do? And is my life how I want it to be really aligned with how I'm living it? And so I've noticed I've paid attention to what makes life, life, and full, and abundant. And I have noticed that those who have deep meaning and purpose in their lives, those who have joy, who radiate that inner light of which Brooke speaks, and have an extra spring in their step, those people who are living the abundant life that Jesus came to offer, they all have one thing in common. They give their lives away. They give their lives to God and others. And in doing so, they have found life. Amen. God, we thank you for this powerful passage, for your wisdom, your truth. Uh, May we take it in. May we take a look at our own lives. Lord, Which what are we giving our only life to? Guide us. Help us to know uh, how to live the life